This episode of the Scandal Podcast is brought to you by Scandal Podcast After Dark. Each week during the scandal season, after our regular show, we give you amazing highlights and conversation in the After Dark. If our show is rated PG, then the After Dark is rated R. We laugh, we chat, and we give you exclusive access to us in this community. You'll also have bonuses in the After Dark that you won't see anywhere else. So go to dramaqueenbooks.com backslash support to join us. Welcome to the Scandal Podcast. Join Jaha Knight, Katrina Pavela, Eldia Harris, and Langston Smith as they break down the latest episode of Scandal with a whole lot of heart, a whole lot of humor, and a few well-seasoned words sprinkled in between. Let's go. Welcome, 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 Scandal Podcast listeners. I have recorded this pre-show audio like six or seven times and I've been uh I have so much to say I don't want the I don't want the pre-show audio to be like 24 minutes so I've had to delete it and condense my ideas and thoughts that I wanted to share with you all around what's going on in our world today and also what's going on over here uh, and how they all play together and work together so that we all can you know do good things in the world. So here I am, Jaha Knight. I am one of the four co-hosts of the Scandal Fan Podcast. And today I want to share with you all a couple of ideas that I've been ruminating on and wanted to talk to you all about, but I wasn't quite sure how you all would receive it. Uh, I remember back when we first started the show and we would get reviews on iTunes and things like that. And people were like, oh, she talks about her business too much, blah, 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 blah. And (laughs) that's how I I literally read it. But (laughs) and, and I saw a lot of that. But regardless, Scandal Podcast is a part of the properties owned by Karasi Media Group, which is my company. So, of course, I'm going to talk about my business, even though the show is an entertainment show it is a part of a business (laughs) so I thought that that was really strange but I listen to all kinds of podcasts all the time and they always do that so I'm kind of wondering where that person was coming from but regardless um, I wanted to share with you all what we were doing this week so Monday I had a networking event called uh, learn live and level up that was the name of the, the networking event in Atlanta, Georgia, and it was phenomenal. We had a great time. I was able to teach a little bit, which is my wheelhouse. I love to teach what I know so that people can gain a better understanding of where they are. And I've not done that so much on the show, but you know, I kind of throw it in here and there. Now, uh, the event was awesome and I am embarking on a six month tour. I've had to talk with my team about this tour And um, locally, the tour is the Triple Your Traction event, which we're going to be doing local, but going abroad, like not abroad, like in the literal sense, but going outside of Georgia, we are going to call it Build Your Brand, Create, Build a Brand, Create a Legacy. That's the title of it. Build a Brand, Create a Legacy, which is pretty much the philosophy of my company. If you build a brand, you can create a a legacy. And I'm excited for it because I think it's going to be phenomenal. I'm going to go to five states and I might add a sixth because Atlanta is literally the sixth, but that's not a state. It's a, it's a city. I know it's a city, but whatever. <laughs> but I'm going to five states and I'll add the sixth probably at midpoint through 
And we're going to literally teach women how to build a business or how to build a brand, the beginning steps of how to build a brand so that they can understand and or you so that you can understand how to start a business. So if you have a side hustle that you're doing right now and you're treating it like a side hustle and you want to leave your job, then that requires a mindset shift. It requires you First, having the aspiration or saying, you know, this is what I want for myself and then creating the goal around it. When is it that you want it to happen? Because that's important. When is it that you want it to happen? Because then we work towards the goal. We don't just say, oh, I have this thing I want to do and never set a goal for it. Saying that you want to do something and setting a goal are two different things. When I decided to leave my job three years ago, I had already had a an aspiration and a goal set. So I decided uh, a few years before I started my last job, I was like, you know, I really want to leave uh, corporate America. And when do I want to do that? I'm giving myself two years. So for that two years, that's when I had all those books coming out. That's when I was, um, I had a ton of different podcasts. That's when um, I decided that I wanted to do something or pursue something different because I realized that I could not make the kind of change in the world and the kind of impact that I wanted to make in behind a desk in somebody else's business in somebody else's dream. That wasn't going to work. So, so I decided that I was going to give myself two years to figure it out. So I became a blogger for a little while and blogged and podcasted and books and all that stuff. I thought that was what God wanted me to do. But when I wrote uh, 39 Day Life Skate, which has turned into Unleash Your Giant and Step Into Your Greatness, when I wrote that book, um, I realized that that wasn't what God wanted me to do. It wasn't just the book writing and the podcasting and the blogging. I was supposed to help other people get to where I had become or to where I had you know, gotten to uh, in a mindset space because it took a lot of mindsets and a lot of a lot of changing in my mindset to be at this place I'm in now. And there would have been no way that I could have arrived at this point if I had not elevated myself in the way I thought about my circumstances, my life, my family, my influences, what I was doing on a daily basis in to myself and in the and you know all that stuff. So at the end of the day, I had to set that goal. Once you set the goal and now you think, okay, now what do I need to do? All the actions that you need to have happen are influenced by what you think. So if you think negatively and you think you can't accomplish something, then you're not going to accomplish it because that's the way you think. But when you think positively and you think, oh, well, I can make that happen for my life. I can be a multimillionaire. I can be a this and a that and a third. When you have those ideas and you start aligning everything to it, it becomes more real. It becomes more real. I, I want to say realer, but yeah, it becomes realer and the actions start to create traction because now you you've aligned your actions to your thoughts and you're going to you're making moves around it. So now the moves that you make around it allow you to have traction. That's one of the reasons I named the local events triple your traction, because if I want to get traction in my business to make more to do more, it starts with my thoughts and the way I do things. And then that allows me to create action around the stuff I'm doing and or the steps that I created. And then now I get to have traction in that business. So those were some of the the ideas. And then now 
Um, the reason I share that is because I didn't just want to leave my job because I was making 45, 60, 80, a hundred thousand dollars a year and start a business. Cause some of you may be in the space where you're only making 45, 60, 80, a hundred in a year. Right. And I saw that there was nothing that I could ever do to erase the ceiling above me. And that was frustrating to me. I remember interviewing for that last position and I was in corporate and I was in marketing. And the guy who interviewed me was the marketing director and I was the marketing assistant for that job. And he said, when I interviewed, there's no way I can go beyond him in the company. Wow, what an encouraging word, sir. <laughs> You know, so I was like, oh, yeah, well, this is the right place for me to end this corporate career because I can't go beyond you anyway. That's what you just said to me, uh, which was his own thing. And then when I started telling him I had written books and stuff like that, like at the end, because I was showing my behind, I was like, oh, you thought you had just a sheep up in here. You don't know. I'm a boss. You don't know. <laughs> That's what I was saying in my head when I told him. And he was like, you wrote a book. I haven't written a book. I was like, I wrote seven books. <laughs> so that little piece of of arrogance that that showed which I called my giant that little arrogance that showed allowed me to say you know this isn't the place for you your skills your gifts this man doesn't know you know how to edit audio video you know how to create graphics you can dang near imitate anything you put your eyes on you sing you write you girl he ain't ready like <laughs> and that was in my head you paint you draw this man ain't ready he don't know you're a marketing guru he does not know Sir, you don't know who you got sitting in the other room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so knowing that about myself and not being cocky, but being confident in my skills, knowing that about myself and being unapologetic about it, then made me say, you have to create your own. So if you're in that space too, at your job, in your position where you work and you know, you want to create a legacy for your children so that they can go out into the world, not in a deficit, not having to get a college loan because they've already gotten all those college things taken care of by you being able to pay for it, not having to, you know, go and work at a mediocre job with a boss that degrades them or talks down to them. And they feel worthless when they go home at night and they drink or they smoke or they do whatever so they can get their head out of their real life stuff, not having to do all of that, but having a space where they know, okay, my parents build built a, a great foundation for me. I know that I can go out into the world and do whatever I want. I have a, a, a nest egg. I have the ability to make more. I can go right into my family business or I can step out onto my own and still have the support I need. Like my god sister is a chiropractor and for the longest time she had been working with other under other chiropractors because our family did not have the collective money to put together so she could have enough to start a practice. This girl has gone to school for all these years and she can't even turn to anybody in our family and say, can you help me to start my practice? Can you give me $40,000 or a loan so I can start my practice and get it going and I can pay you back? She had nowhere to turn for that. She didn't have any property. You know, so so knowing that as as a community that we just need better. And if we don't we're not the person in our family or if we don't have people in our family to be able to turn to, then guess what? You have to turn to someone else. Who can you turn to? 
Like if I am in a space and a friend of mine says, Jaha, I need X, Y, Z, and I have it, I'm giving it to them so they, they can have a seed that's sown better than where they are. But that's pretty much why I started my business. So when we talk about politics or we talk about scandal on the show, this, this is a political show. And I want you all to be looking at it, not just from the perspective of, okay, I'm just being entertained. I'm team Olitz. I'm team Olake. That's cool. But look at the politics that are going on because it also reflects some of the stuff that's going on in our actual world, <laughs> you know, our real nonfiction of a life. Um, and know and look and see what you're doing in your life and what you want to change because of the impact that you want to make in the world, because you want to help run policy, because you want to help put people in positions in politics so that we can have uh, spaces that represent us. Having Black Lives Matter is great. Some of y'all are listening are Black, but some aren't. That's fine. But having Black Lives Matter is great. But we also need more. It, it's, can, it can be activism and an agenda that is a, attached to that. Because I don't believe civil rights was effective just because it was activism. There had to be an agenda, which I'm quite sure Black Lives Matter has an agenda. I'm not saying that they don't. But there has to be people in position to to help you push forward that agenda. And we have to make those alliances within our communities and then also have the money to support these things that we want to do. So it's not just the celebrities that have to do it. We also have to do it. So that's what a part of what I wanted to do was. I want to create a legacy that's not only enriched by me being able to take care of my family and my friends and helping other women to start their own legacies so that they are able to take care of their families and their friends and our communities Every woman I touch and work with that can walk away better than where I met her and she's able to now affect that, you know, create change within her life. I've touched her and I've touched everyone she touches. So when you think about what it is that you're doing in the world, what what impact you want to make, if you're not making that impact now, state what you want to do. Say it loud, be proud about it. That's your aspiration. But now set time limits and goals around it. Set the goals for it so that you're saying, by this date, I want this. By this time, I want to do this and stick to it. And if you can't stick to it and you know that's a part of your feeling, find an accountability person, find a coach, find somebody that's going to help you to make it happen. But we can't keep sitting around in our spaces and thinking that our, you know, right now is forever because it's not always forever. People always say that a job is secure. A job is not secure. You starting and creating your own ability to make your money is secure. So I'm off my platform now. I just wanted to share that with you all. Katrina's going to share with you all here shortly. Her new business is called Born Beautiful and I designed her logo. This was like a year ago. So I feel great because not only am I touching the, the women that I work with, I'm touching the people that I'm right here on a team with. They're doing great and amazing things in the world. And I'm going to pull Eldia and Langston up in into this entrepreneur space too. But Langston actually already is. He does a couple of things too on the side. So look, we are out here being phenomenal by our 
by ourselves, you know, but we're not by ourselves. Actually, we're being phenomenal with a community of people and I love it. And the more you grow your community and the ability for you to influence others, the greater your impact becomes. So I love you all for being here on this show and listening. I hope that your day is great. I hope that your evening is great. And I hope that you're out here being great. Welcome to the Scandal Fan Podcast. Um, I'm Jaha Knight, and these are my co-hosts. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, guys. It's me, Aldea. Hey, Aldea. Hey. And I am the unseen unseen voice of Langston. Langston. (laughs) (laughs) See how we act, y'all? That's what we have to put up with. The unseen voice of Langston Smith. <laughs> I am Katrina Pavela of katrinapavela.tumblr.com. You're a hood scandalologist who hasn't been scandaling very much in the last few weeks. And um, I know. <laughs> yeah. That's going to change after 6.04. Anyway, go ahead. Ooh. All right. Hey, y'all. So if you are live with us here on the podcast, we see y'all. We can actually see y'all down there. You know that, right? Um, so if you're live with us here on the podcast, please make sure you share with a friend and invite them into the uh, to come on into the room. You know how we do it. This ain't the upper room. This is just the scandal podcast room. Well, in some cases, it's the upper room, baby. <laughs> For those of us who I have, don't want to be in the upper room those, right now. <laughs> well, not that upper room. Oh, that's the that's the that's the that's the ultimate upper room. But anyway. I like down here right now. I like down here right now. God, I didn't say nothing about this upper room. I'm gonna I'm gonna retract all the words because I don't I don't need that. Tina has her champagne flute. I guess it's time for us. To yeah, let's go. So <laughs> I'm gonna start with you, Langston, since you are off cam. Uh, tell us what your impressions of 603 were. Disembodiment has its advantages, I see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you want to know what I thought about 603? Yes. 603 was so many things. We had this discussion. We predicted it somewhat, you know, that this that this was going to happen. And I enjoyed it thoroughly. And there was so much shade being thrown throughout this episode and so much drama and i i can't say that any of it was unexpected because i think like i said we had this discussion but um yeah but that 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 park 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 in the dark scene was everything for me and we'll talk about that later but i enjoyed it thoroughly yeah gorgeous I want to start off by saying I'm so sorry. I'm I was wrong. Last week I said I did not enjoy the episode. It, Katrina called me out on it. I went back and rewatched it. I was wrong. I nearly disagreed. Yeah, no, but I mean you were right because I was like I don't. I went back and I watched it. And I was like, what the hell did I watch the Thursday before? <laughs> I don't know. I anyway, I was wrong. This episode continued. From picked up from last week, and I loved everything about this episode as a whole. There wasn't anything that I would have taken out, so I think that says something. Um, I didn't feel like they left any um, question unanswered, 
So I appreciated that because a lot of times Scandal will do that for us. There was a lot of questions answered. And um, I liked that we got to focus back on Cyrus's character. And I think the scene with him and Liv where he just said, you guys never saw me, just spoke like spoke volumes because it was like he almost has become a forgotten character in the series as the cast has ballooned up and he's always been there but no he's just been there so i'll just leave it at that but i i enjoyed the episode loved it i um have to say uh eldia when i watched 602 i did not like it either the first time i was just like eh. mm-hmm. I had to watch it four times <laughs> to really be like, I watched it four times to really, because first of all, I had to get the questions together and I kept saying, ain't no questions asked. Yeah. Like, and then I was like, no, go back and rewatch this. And so the second time I was just like, oh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. The third time I was like, oh my God. Like it was like, it was a succession yeah. of, of watching that got me into the headspace that it was a good episode. Cause it seemed very, very quiet at first. Yeah. yeah, it seemed very quiet at first. And then I went back and I was like, no, not really. Mm-hmm. And I had to watch a few times. Yeah. So yeah, I agree yeah. with you. It was- Cause um, it, 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 let, it, oh, let us it? Behind, it let us behind the scenes. That's, you know, which was good. Yeah. I- really enjoyed 603 like I have to say they have been on a streak um 601 to 603 this season is very promising and um I'm heartened that we don't have 21 or 22 episodes that we actually have 16 Mm -hmm. so things are tight Mm -hmm. and I must also say that I'm very pleased with the lack of Jake and the lack of Rowan. Can we just note how episodes are singing Mm -hmm. and how they are um, really delving into characters um, without, and the thing is that those characters are looming in the background Mm -hmm. with questions that are unanswered and are part of it, but we don't see them so much on the screen. And I am thankful for that. And Less people think I am a complete hater. Let me just say that <laughs> did a good job yes. of directing the episodes. Hats off to him because I was on edge. I was stressed. I was stressed <laughs> like a single mother, like, you know, expecting payments like in this episode. Like, what? Oh, Y'all cannot see me. Today. Y'all cannot, <laughs> Y'all cannot see me, but I, I am know, a single mother. I laid and out, I like, expect those on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I laid out like Jesus on the floor. She said, I am stressed like a single mother. Like a single mother <laughs> expecting the payments all the time. I'm like, I watched the episode before taking my, my, um, like anti-anxiety medicine and oh my god i had to take it like immediately <laughs> afterwards i was like what is going on um so and one last thing <laughs> right so have on the direction but the the other thing i would say i think that they have the the production staff the writers have really learned i think from their first time dealing with um carrie washington's pregnancy mm-hmm. in season three and the way they have designed the story and how they are telling it and the structure of the episodes mm-hmm. by doing these kind of like deep dark these deep dives following a character and seeing what they have to reveal about the past and how it relates to the present they're doing a great job because i notice how it is uh, creating less of a demand on a pregnant carrie washington for these first five episodes mm-hmm. 
but keeping the story going, there's less of the distracting kind of, you know, objects in the way. But I noticed that this kind of format with following the characters, like puts less pressure, time pressure on Carrie. And I think it's working really well this time around for her pregnancy. So, you know, hats off guys. All right. So I want to just, I have a comment to make. I know, I know, I I, I know I said, I want to go share your thoughts. But let me just you, let no, me no, just get no. this clear no, first. Off no, of your no. first off absolutely of your, not. Because if you do that, question, I am not. Uh, 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 if you do it, uh, 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 I am not sending you any more uh, questions. Uh, uh, I guarantee that. Do you understand me, Mr. Langston Smith? <laughs> I'm just saying. I, you if know you, where I'm going with you, this. I look. I'm about to let it so in. Because y'all told me. I'm gonna give y'all told I'm me. gonna give you the opportunity. I didn't say nothing. I'm gonna give you the opportunity to say it. Say it. Y'all Say told it. me. I'm oh now he wanna Go rush ahead. me. Now you wanna <laughs> rush me with my thoughts. <laughs> I ain't sending y'all no more thoughts. <laughs> no more questions. No more. Say it out loud. <laughs> Say it out loud. Cause I know I'm not the only one that's going to happen. Now he wanna rush the sister. Now he wanna rush me. <laughs> so we are 76 days in from the election and an investigation was opened into Cyrus involvement in Frankie's murder. The same murder that I must go on record and say, cause some people told me that Cyrus had nothing to do with it. I will not point at these three people on the screen. Oh, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. See, this is <laughs> I'm just going to say that things got a little bit heated because you don't want to hear all of the screaming that ensued after I made that statement. So just know that the team did not agree that they said that. But if you roll this beautiful bean footage of 601 and 602, you will hear them say exactly what I said on the show. Back to the episode. I'm just, I'm just going, I'm going to pop my. But here's my, the thing. He, I, he I still really didn't. He audio. still didn't. I listened to the audios of all of our shows. If that's what you got out of this episode, no yeah. matter. Yeah, he had something to do with it. Y'all was like, I don't believe Cyrus had nothing to do with it. I was like, no, y'all. No, no, let's 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 clarify. Let's let's clarify this, Miss Let's Okay, everybody. Let's clarify this because we said that he did not do it. He did not plan it, and he didn't. Right. He did not. And if but you watch the episode no, again, he manipulated. No, no, he manipulated his way no, to kill. Tom, no, yes, Tom he did. manipulated him. Yes, he did. Tom, Tom, yes, he did. Tom manipulated him. No, 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 man. No, no. In that, in this particular, in this particular case, Tom was the manipulator. You need to watch. No, he was not. Yes, he was not. I watched he was. No, he was not. He was not. In that hotel, in that hotel room scene, in that hotel room scene. That's not manipulation. Yeah, that's the man being weak. That's not manipulation. That's the man being weak. That's but manipulation. That's the whole point of manipulation. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. That is the whole point of manipulation. You catch them when they're weak. No, you can't forget no. to be 16. No. Be 16. Uh, be 16. I, I've had a little bit too much to drink. Uh, be 16. <laughs> okay. You cannot forget that his manipulation, including sexual and otherwise, right. it cannot be from his B613 background, mm -hmm. just as Jake cannot with all of his dealings with I'm Olivia, just as Charlie's cannot with his dealings with um Quinn. Uh, Quinn. with Quinn. 
The reason why they're together now is because of season three and him being assigned as her wrangler and then like them getting involved. All of that sexual whatever with any B613 agent, part of it has been part of their job. You can't separate them as people from the work that they do because fundamentally they don't have any command but Rowan. Rowan got, I mean, Tom got let out of prison with Rowan. Rowan had Melly free him too. So you think like Tom is going to be more loyal loyal to Cyrus or like you're going to totally exempt this scorned lover bit from Rowan's influence? No. So, so, That's why so I'm just from like, what you just said, from what you just said, then y'all should stop hating on Jake so much because that's a part of his MO because he's a part. That's a sexual thing he does with Liv all the time for the same shenanigans. No, no, no. Stop hating on him. I'm hating on Tom and I'm hating on Jake. <laughs> <laughs> But at the end of the day, do we need to remind uh, you? Y'all can. You don't have to remind me of anything. I stand firm in my. I yes, I am. I stand firm in what I'm saying about the fact that. Tom was not manipulated. Cyrus came to Tom to manipulate Tom. No. So at the beginning when they had that, no, yes, they no, did. No, 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 ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, no, ma'am. Stop. Did. When they had that uh, conversation no. sitting at that table you're in that conflate, diner. You're conflating. And, you're conflating two different issues. No, I'm not. You're two different issues. Yes, you are. Here's the thing. Absolutely not. No, that... absolutely not. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think that's absolutely... okay. You go. You go, you go. Stop. So I can tell you what you're conflating. Go ahead. Okay. No. What you're conflating no, is not... when he called. When he called Tom. When he called Tom to that diner. It had to do with getting rid of Jennifer Field. Correct. It had nothing to do with He's getting rid of Frankie. It had nothing to do with getting rid of uh, Frankie. Now, where Tom came up, Tom, not Cyrus. Tom was the one that came up with the plan to get rid of Frankie and he manipulated he manipulated Cyrus in that hotel room when he asked him, do you want to be president? And Cyrus, when he said Cyrus, he said to Cyrus, he said, we can get rid of Frankie. He said, but I love Frankie. He said, but do you want to be president? All while giving him the good old rub down. <laughs> And eventually giving him the good old blowjob. Mm -hmm. He manipulated Cyrus, and you need to watch that again because you're conflating. I am two not watching Schnizzle. No, I am not. I am not watching no. it again. Next I'm week, not next week, when, next I am week not when you watch confused. it again, you're going to be on the LDA train when you say, I'm, I'm absolutely sorry. not. I am absolutely not. <laughs> it was Let like, this be heard in this microphone today. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> Of the word, no, no ma'am. It was like Cyrus had—he, it was like nope. Cyrus had post-traumatic stress disorder or something. Like when he saw Frankie and Jenny right. together, it just took him back, and he was like, "I know how this is going to end," right. and he couldn't let it in that way again. And keep in mind, if I think if I have the sequence correct, they showed the scene with Frankie and Jennifer first, and then it was the scene with him and Olivia after, correct? Where he had that speech about. We're, we're, yeah, we'll go, okay. we'll go through. But I'm just saying, point, setting point, it in yeah. sequence, I'm saying right. it was like that happened and then that happened and then all the stuff yes. with Tom happened. So it was like Cyrus yeah. was like, he wasn't thinking clearly. Once he saw Frankie and Jennifer have that interaction, right. his mind, it broke Jaha. It, it was it, like it threat, threat, threat. Yeah, right. Dude. Red, red, red. Like, yeah, he saw, saw red. He saw, he saw, yeah, he saw, he saw, he's, 
thought he saw Frankie going down the same path Fitz. that Fitz mm -hmm. went with Olivia. And he couldn't. He all, and the I thing know is, that part. I get that the part. Mess, That's not but, surprising. But here's the, mess, here's the messed up part about it was he wasn't the only one that saw that. Right. So my question no, is, he wasn't. is Jennifer, mm -hmm. was, was Jennifer a plant? Even Olivia thought it. Yeah. There, yeah, she did. Who, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So was 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 Jennifer's job to to plant that seed in Cyrus and anyone's head who saw right. them together? Hey, y'all. It's KP here, and I have something exciting to tell you guys about. I have a new line called Born Beautiful Naturals. I've been working on it for two years. Your girl has mad skin and hair problems, and I started working on solutions myself in my kitchen to come up with. So to cure my eczema, my acne problems, my dry, tangled, natural hair, I started working on my own stuff. I wanted results, not promises. Um, so for two years, I experimented and tested formulas on myself, family, and friends, and soon a few of them began to request specific items. So I started making them. And I thought, you know what? Why don't I share this with everyone else? The ethos of Born Beautiful Naturals is all about maintaining hair and skin's optimal moisture balance in products that feel more luxurious than they actually cost. We use as few ingredients as possible, keep things simple, and we don't rely on label appeal of trendy products that aren't really going to do anything for you. My whole thing is I want my products to work, 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 work. Miss Sandy Muffy, work, 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 work. And they do. Why don't you try for yourself? That's bornbeautifulnaturals.weebly.com. And as a special offer for all the Scandal Podcast listeners, you can enter Scandal Podcast 17 for your 15% off any purchase um, from now until the end of February. So that's Born Beautiful Naturals with an S dot Weebly dot com and enter Scandal Podcast 17 for 15% off. No, but but Jennifer, I, I don't believe that. I believe that I agree with you. Sorry. With that I have part, no that idea what snippet, you're talking about. Let me finish and you'll know. <laughs> The small snippet of what you said, I agree that, but look, it's the two people who have had the issue with Fitz and his presidency. Those are the two people that saw that and brought it right. up. It wasn't like, so both of them have some version of post-traumatic stress disorder <laughs> when it comes to the presidency, yeah. the president that they already made together. Um, or what they always say is that they made a president together. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Right. But this, that's... So I'm just going to say I don't agree with y'all, but whatever. I listened to the audios back when we do the show and I heard what y'all said on episode one and episode two, because I go through all of those audios multiple times. And trust me, y'all were on the same page with the fact that, um, oh, Cyrus is too shell shocked. He had nothing to do. With I was like, OK. I said, yeah, I'm going to tell them. Y'all did. Y'all did. Y'all need to uh, go back and check it out. We didn't completely absolve him. Yeah. We said Cyrus didn't do this. He didn't shoot Frankie. Frankie and he didn't give the go ahead to shoot Frankie either. He was, you know, freaking like the way he approached Tom. Yeah. We said, we said, well, I'm going to say what I said, right? And anybody who I have talked to outside of this podcast on 
um, either in private chat or on Twitter will know where I stand, that I don't think Cyrus does this. I said Cyrus is a patriot. This is not his MO. But also, I do not think Cyrus is completely out of this, that he either made a deal with somebody or he knows something or he's involved in some way, but didn't know that this would be the outcome. So anybody that I've talked to knows that that's where I have had. You may have had those conversations on Twitter. Like Cassandra said, Jaha is right because I listened to the podcast also. On the audio, this is what y'all said. So I am going off of what you said on the audio. Y'all can beat me up and say what you like. Um, But at the end of the day, and this is a sticking point, we're going to move on. So I know we've been on this for a minute. But at the end of the day, this is what y'all said on the show. I don't know what side conversations y'all had elsewhere, but that's what you said on the audio for the show. So I was like, I'm definitely going to bring this up. I don't think he loaded the gun either, but that's (laughs) fine. It's a statement. Yeah, it's a, it's irrelevant. Okay. All right, so let's go on. Work pre- workplace inappropriate PDA with Charla Quinn. Freaking again, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Hug had to tell him to get their head back in the game. What do you? What is really going on? It's like Quinn seems so eager for for love, and well, I guess because uh, it's it's getting on my nerves. What do y'all feel about um, uh, the workplace PDA? I just feel really suspicious about Charlie. Like, you know, I was saying earlier about how you just can't divorce B613 people from, and I don't, I don't include Quinn in this because she is not originally a B613 person. She's not like Hug. She's not like Jake. She's not like, you know, Charlie and Tom, um, who, for whom Rowan has always been their command. I really don't think she has quite, she, didn't spend enough time. Like Charlie said, you barely qualified for the health package, um, you know, in BC 13. But I'm just like, why are you so eager, Charlie? Why are you so pressed to like be in Quinn's face in a way that we just haven't really seen to get her away to go on this, you know, vacation? Why are you here in OPA in the first place? Like, I really need to know that answer. Like, how is it that Liv looked at you and said, yeah, and I, and I, you know, <laughs> like, I just don't know. I just feel like I just can't trust any B613 person so long as Rowan is around. We know he is not, you know, um, it, it's not out of character for him to just send in plants, particularly to sleep with people. How does Cyrus and Tom like hook up in the first place? Mm-hmm. Why is, you know, why is Charlie even at OPA and so pressed about Quinn? I'm having a hard time believing that his life has changed and, oh, he's in love and, you know, all of this shit. Just as I had a hard time completely believing it with with Jake. Um, and I think Tom felt things for Cyrus. Oh, yeah. And he wanted an out, just like all of these guys are, are kind of trying for, but... I'm just, I'm just really suspicious about the whole thing with the PDA. I can't completely be like, oh, this is so cute because it's just something's not sitting right with me. Okay. Two things. things. Number one, one, Quinn's issue is the fact that she has, she has no We we have reverb. Somebody needs to put on a mic. I mean, um, a headset or something. I don't know who that is, but. Langston, when you talk, I can hear everything 
coming through twice. How about now? You're good. That's better. Go ahead. I have no idea what that was. But um, <laughs> but the issue is, since season one, Quinn has nobody. I mean, she she eventually had that little sit-down talk with her father. But since then, Quinn has nobody. So all she has is the OPA family. And so the thing, the situation with her and Huck didn't work out. So she latched on to Charlie. So that I think that's her issue in terms of, number one, wanting to be involved with Charlie, but at the same time questioning why, you know, why is it that she's not, why is it that he's moving faster than she's ready to go? And secondly, I think the issue with Charlie is Charlie knows that his involvement in probably his involvement in the Pennsylvania shooting is going to come out. So that's why he's so insistent about getting her away. Cause I think eventually if he doesn't get her out of there, she's going to learn about his whole involvement in that whole situation that led up, that led up to Frankie number one, becoming a candidate and then ultimately becoming president. So yeah, because remember, remember he, um, he had that little boy with him, which was the shooter's exactly. son. Uh-huh. And then yeah. uh, also, mm-hmm. when you talked about Quinn being lonely, the candidate. And the candidate. Remember when you talked about Quinn being lonely? If y'all remember, um, Quinn was having Christmas by herself. Y'all remember that? And she was lonely, mm-hmm. and sad, and she, Marcus invited her to, you know, be normal. She was like, "Oh no, not normal. Gonna be at home, sad." No, I understand and then, Quinn's motivation and her fear. I understand why Quinn would do it or be attracted to that. And Charlie has come to like fill in the gaps in her life. Absolutely. I understand mm-hmm. from Quinn's perspective. Mm-hmm. I am suspicious of Charlie's yeah. um, motivation. I don't think yeah, they're and I, I think I think I think we all I think we all are. And ultimately, yeah. like I said, I think it's because he know that his, his he knows that she's gonna find about find out about his involvement in the whole situation mm-hmm. and connect it and somehow blame him. So let's read some comments from the Scandal Gladiators. All right, so I'm gonna start at the top and welcome you guys. So I see Cassandra, Charity, Kamara, Annette, Guilty Pleased, Eliza, Yvonne, uh, who else? I know Moretta, I saw you pop in here. Uh, Who else? Yeah, I'm trying to go through here quick so I can see all y'all. But hello, thank you all for being here with us. And some of the comments that we have, Cyrus got the biggest side eye for me this episode. That was Cassandra. Um, so many words for this episode. Uh, Kamara says, hi, ladies and gentlemen unseen. Um, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um, and then we have uh, Scott Foley did a great job, I guess, because he wasn't really in the episode. And that <laughs> says the same. Cassandra and Annette agree. Guilty Please says, Cy deserved this episode and Jeff was terrific. That speech of delusion of grandeur was amazingly delivered. Uh, Cassandra said, I'm a single mother. And yes, us single mothers are stressed. <laughs> we want our checks on time. And that's so funny that you bring that up, Katrina, because I was literally like, Monday, I'm calling up there. Because look. That is so funny. Um, Annette says, Katrina, he will be in 604. I don't know who you're referring to, Annette. Katrina, do you know what she she's talking about? She must be Jake. Okay. Uh, Cassandra says, Cyrus gets no sympathy for me. Nope. Uh, and then Annette says, I agree. She was talking to Guilty Please. Jeff was amazing. 
Uh, he mm. facilitated this whole thing. Cassandra says he facilitated this whole thing. It's all his fault. Um, Annette says Sai still didn't. He's being set up. They have mixed feelings, y'all. Um, and then <laughs> Cassandra says, yes, he did, Langston. Oh, my God, I need to be on this podcast. <laughs> Annette says Tom may not be guilty, though. Guilty please says, I still have my doubts about Tom's involvement. Um, Cassandra wants to get you oh. straight, Langston. She wants to. <laughs> I, I'm just trying um, to figure out which episode y'all were watching because it is I, very I was clear. I was watching the happened. same episode you were watching. I, <laughs> no, I think that. No, you were. I think no, that. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. I think <laughs> our clarity is, is going to be a little bit different. Well, we'll go through the show and we can then get clear on some yeah. stuff as we go through the show. Cause we, okay. that's the, the thing we talked about it overall, but we didn't get into the details of it okay. yet. Cause especially um, when we get to the park in the dark sequence. Okay. We, uh, okay. So I'm gonna finish reading up these for a couple of seconds. Here we go. Da, da, da. Guilty please says she thinks that, I think she believes Tom is lying or maybe Cy, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. And uh, let's go here. Cassandra says Cyrus screwed over a trained assassin, and now he's surprised at what happens. Hashtag boy bye. Ooh. And that is exactly my pers my perspective, Cassandra. Annette says I don't think we got the real story. Rowan is still using Tom against Cy. I agree with you, Annette. Um, Cassandra also says I need the after dark now, like right now, because I have words. <laughs> so we we have a highly charged audience over here. Annette also says, I agree with you, Jaha, Sai manipulated Tom, but now the tables are turned. Uh, Cassandra says, Cyrus has been manipulating Tom since season five. Exactly. Kamara says, Cyrus said, yes, he wanted to be the president once that sentence was said. In Tom's mind, that gave him the green light to go ahead and do whatever needs to be done. How many times has Cyrus been in this situation with Tom, giving him the green light to take care of a project, i.e. James? Okay, so if you say you want a pair... So if you say you want a pair of shoes, if you say you want a pair of shoes and somebody walks up and kills the next person that has the pair of Langston. shoes that you want, Langston. that makes you culpable. Langston. Come Thank on, y'all need to stop. Y'all know, y'all know. Good. Well, first of all, you told the person you wanted a pair of shoes, and Look. now they got you the damn oh. pair of shoes. So you should be quite oh. grateful that your shoes okay. was gotten for you. Even That's even even thing. though they decided to, even though they decided to kill somebody for them. No, no, no. no I didn't say that. Oh, uh, go ahead, LD. No, that is what you said. That's, what, that's exactly think, what you're saying. That is not what I said. Here's the thing. <laughs> you're saying, no, what you're listen, saying is listen, because Langston, said, I want to be president. That was him. But Langston, okay. Tom said it himself to Cyrus. He said, this is about you trying to put me back on the leash. Cyrus knew what he was doing by, by even opening his mouth about... No. I, I agree with you. I don't think he wanted Tom to kill Frankie. I a thousand percent agree with you. But Cyrus, at this point, Cyrus has been getting people fucked up since season one. Okay, let's just be clear about this. This is Cyrus's MO. Mm -hmm. He he sews the rock and then he runs and hides. And he's like, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. I didn't know it was going to break that window. I wanted it to break the other window. That This is Cyrus. His has always been his character. So Cyrus had to know by even mentioning anything to Tom what the possibility could be. So I think that's where mm -hmm. what but Jaha and other people the fact, are saying is but, that he, he has to be accountable because he had to know. He can't say that he didn't know what Tom is capable of doing. That would be like Olivia going to Rowan 
and saying anything about anything and then Rowan goes and does what Rowan does and she's like I didn't want you to do that okay you know what you know what we have a scenario to bring up okay so let me ask you this is Olivia to blame but Olivia told her father she wanted right. to win her father knew she wanted to win right his way of having her win was to kill Fitz's son to curry sympathy right. among the American mm-hmm. voters in order to put him over right. the top, right. right? She didn't ask him to do it that right. way, right? Right, And she yeah. didn't ask him to help her, but she wanted it. Right. And he knew how much she wanted it. Right. And so he did it in that way because it also served him right. and, the, and gave him leverage just as however Tom is involved with this shooting or not, whether he pulled the trigger or he did something right. um, involved with it, it gave him leverage. So do you blame Olivia for what her father did? We know she blamed herself right. because she felt like, you know, I am the scandal in all of this. Right. So should Cyrus feel the same way? Yes, he yes. should to a certain extent because he, otherwise, why would he have gone to Michael and confessed and said, I'm in trouble if he didn't know that he had crossed the line? If Cyrus didn't feel like because he had crossed the line. Because he's dealing with a crazy stalker. But. <laughs> no, he's not a stalker. No, he's not. If you letting a stalker give you head, he's it ain't dealing with a stalker. Right. And he remembered exactly. that. That's what okay. it was. Exactly. Like, right. That I agree with you. Remember that, mm-hmm. wait a minute, I can't play fast and loose. Right. You know, to get my dick wet. And wet. he also. Um, and- and also, also because, right? Also Look, because he needed to warn Michael that he might baby. be in. Right. He also went truth. and told Michael because he needed Michael to protect himself. Because he needed to Mike, he needed to let Michael know that he was in danger. Yeah. And can we just say That's that Cyrus was wrong for not for not saying hello to baby Ella when she walked into the room for what with that book reading? I thought that was just. I, 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 think, Ella gave I him think all the shade she needed when he was about to be arrested for federal even, charges. She was like, "Nigga, I don't even want to see you." Was over her eyes the whole time. Maybe Ella calls him other dad. Does she or part time or dad something or whatever? The I wonder if she calls him Cyrus. I I need to know. <laughs> yeah, I really wonder. I wonder if she calls him Cyrus because Michael is her actual dad. Right. <laughs> right. He up in a hotel room calling Tom Zaddy. <laughs> Meanwhile, Michael is at home. He's his daughter. You did not use the Z A D D Y. Oh my God. Oh my um, God. I'm done with this. Okay. Okay. But Next all right, let's move forward question. so we can so we can so we can get to this so we can get to this point again. We're gonna recap this. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. So we get a flashback to the VP debate and Cyrus seeing another president being swayed away from the goal of power, which is what sparked all of this. And we kind of talked about it. But let's be specific in that moment when Frankie got off the bus with the girl and Cyrus was just like, oh, shit. Like, (laughs) what did you all feel in that moment that was because you all already said that you feel like he was a little bit. PTSD from from the Fitz campaign. Um, What did you all think that Cyrus saw happening, which kind of spiraled into this whole mess? He he saw a repeat of uh, of Olitz. That's what he saw. I think more specifically, let's think about why um, why Cyrus was a campaign bus. 
to find um, to find Frankie, right? Is mm-hmm. that he felt like his fits got taken away from him mm-hmm. and that he was displaced by Olivia. So I think later on when we see the bond and the trust that Frankie had for um, Cyrus, Cyrus, by making him VP and all that, Cyrus was very warranted to be like, I'm not having a repeat of another woman mm-hmm. coming up in here, like not just being smart and talented because she went to Har- the Jennifer went to um, Harvard and I hope everybody caught the Jennifer Flowers like yeah. paint and shade yeah. like in the but that, not only that, but I'm not going to have somebody essentially come into the White House and then run the Oval when I should be the right-hand person of the president, you know, and Olivia took over that role. I think that those were the flashes in his eyes. Like, I don't want to distract the president and I don't want to have to fight for with um, another woman for the attention of my um, president because I'm going to lose which he eventually mm. did. Cause even the breakup with Olivia impacted Fitz mm-hmm. and like Fitz not really caring about, at least at first about the end of his presidency and Cyrus left cause he was like, there's no more, um, there's no more joy in you. Mm-hmm. There's no more like hope in you. There's, mm-hmm. you know, all of the things that we built together, you don't want to do anymore. Fitz was going through his thing and he's like, uh, I want to do more. So he went and found him basically- Latino Fitz. Like, I'm not having that taken Basically. away from me with this with this girl. So I think he jumped like 80 right. steps ahead to right. seeing the worst possible outcome mm-hmm. um, of what was in front of him and tried to get ahead of it like immediately. Because right. he didn't have yeah. the attachment and- to this girl the way he did with Olivia. Right. So it was much easier for him to like get rid of her mm-hmm. and whatever, or, and undermine her in whatever way he could. Right. right. Um, yeah, I would I would say that um, yeah he saw he saw all of that and You're back to, re- to to the reverberating um, your the voice okay You're reverberating again he was but he's gone now okay <laughs> so, let's so go ahead I will, and see I will just, and I was pretty like much, just to... um, Fitz had stagnated oh. because he just wasn't. Um, he, wa- he wasn't he wasn't moving forward in terms oh. of letting because he still he, he still hasn't Lace, let go. we didn't, he still we didn't hear go. anything we you didn't hear said. anything you were saying <laughs> okay well, what happened okay idea. he dropped up I don't, I'm not quite oh, sure nope he's back now yeah. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Okay. It seems it seems we're also on some sort of delay because on my end, it's, you know, you guys have finished talking and then you haven't finished talking. Um, so anyway, so, yeah. So anyway, what I was saying was that uh, Cyrus had, had outgrown Fitz. Can you not hear me now? Okay. The Cyrus? Mm-hmm. No, your audio sounds blurry. Because you guys I don't know what's going on. In terms of when your mouths move. Can y'all hear him sound blurry, or is it just me? Yeah, it's, you hear it too, of you. Yeah, you're t painting. Yeah, um, with the audio. Oh yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Okay, so we'll wait until Langston gets his audio stitched together. Eldia, go ahead and say what you were saying. No, I was just going to say, I think just to kind of bulletin point the episode, it's like, I think we all can agree, either Cyrus, whether you agree or disagree that he did it or didn't do it, someone is setting him up, correct? So now the question becomes, not really setting him up, but like we attest to like, there's still something more bigger going on at play. So the question is why Cyrus, why why did they pick Cyrus to be the one to, 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 uh, to be on the downfall for this? Okay. Another thing is, why is everyone so hung up on Chief of Staff? I don't understand that. And I think, like I said, Cyrus is a character that has never changed. He's been the same. When Olivia said that to him, you've changed, you've evolved. She She was being very sarcastic, and he called her out on that. He knew that she was, like, trying to play him because he's never changed. Like I said, since the first episode up until now, Cyrus has been the same. You give him an opportunity, he will take it. And then when all the shit hits the fan, he's like, I didn't know. I didn't know that was going to happen. So I just, you don't agree with that, Katrina? You don't agree that he's always, <laughs> Look at like, face. she's like, it's, it's, I mean. You know what? Can I just say something real quick? What? In the context in which Olivia, in, in the context in which they were having that conversation, mm-hmm. it wasn't about, it wasn't about that. She was literally impressed yet questioning his integrity based on the fact that she assumed that he put himself in that position right and he and he he, and we know that he didn't he didn't put himself in that position we we all i think we also assumed that he did but then it was later revealed that he didn't Mm -hmm. but the fact that but based on what what he presented on that stage and based on the conversation that they were having backstage, Cyrus was beginning to have, he was beginning to be a different person. He was doing this on an honest level. He presented himself on an honest level to the American people, you know, in the debates. And that's what threw her off because she was like, this isn't the Cyrus that I know. And this was him honestly trying to be what Frankie saw him to be. Even though, his whole relationship, yeah. even though his whole relationship with Frankie started off as a lie when he realized that Frankie really believed in mm-hmm. him and thought that he really was this guy, he was trying to become that guy. Right. But he oh. also told, he also warned Frankie about the mm-hmm. kind of guy he was. He's like, right. I'm not a good guy. Okay. He literally said that to him. And, and no one would... And no one would mistake him yeah. for, you know, a, a good guy. And I think Cyrus right. is a complete bastard. And I have been saying that for seasons now. But I also cannot hate him because Cyrus owns up to who he is. And that conversation with Frankie is part Mm -hmm. of it, right? It's why I can't hate Cyrus in the way that I can't stand Melly because she won't have any accountability. And the reason why I have screw face Eldia is because I don't feel like Cyrus completely um, like hides his hand when he does something. He will say, yeah, I did it. But he'll tell you, I did it because blah, 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 blah. Like he'll own up to it and he'll try to justify it, which that's another thing. Okay. But the problem with me is she acts like, always acts like she's the victim. Yeah. Where I feel like Cyrus is kind of a victim this time, but at the same time, I like I have some sympathy for the situation he's, he's in, partly because of Olivia. And I'm like, Olivia, you know this isn't right. And Melly doesn't belong as president. But the other part of me is like, Cyrus, you have sown a lifetime of this kind of politics. Right. And it's being 
your own playbook is being used against you by a lover that you scorned because you cannot treat people as things that are only useful to you when you want them. So this is what you get, right? Mm -hmm. By what Tom is doing. So I, I completely get it. And I know that he's been bad and he's, he's sown this, but at the same time, I also feel a little bit bad for him. So I do have some sympathy with Cyrus. I was frankly surprised that um, he didn't put himself on the ticket. When we found that mm-hmm. out, that yeah. um, Frankie was the one who actually suggested it and he was like truly trying to push David. I was like, well, would you look at that? <laughs> I pearl clutch because I didn't think, you know, he actually had it in Yeah. I have no sympathy for Cyrus. Um, I think that he reaped what he sold. He got what he deserved. Um, not that he is the only person involved, because I don't think that. I do believe, and I've always stated that I firmly believe that he had something to do with it. I also believe that Papa Pope has something to do with this. So mm-hmm. I've always thought those two things in conjunction. I didn't know how Rowan played a part in this, but I always had that concept. As far as Cyrus in this situation, yes, he, he did try to. So he's got to have something to do with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> as far as Cy in this situation, I do believe that um, he was trying to change for Frankie, but he let his greed, as usual, yes. get the better of him. Like his his desires and what he wanted, he put it ahead. Like sometimes when he was doing things for Fitz, a lot of those things were what he wanted, not necessarily what was dis- determinedly needed. It wasn't always what was needed. Like when he created that kill folder on Olivia, mm-hmm. it's been used how many times <laughs> over the, the past? I mean, he it was going to kill even... Olivia when she was kidnapped yeah. because for but, national security, right? He always acts on behalf of what he thinks is going to be best for the country. Whatever, even if you disagree with his with his methods, right? He's not the yes. selfish kind of person that Melly is. Like, and that's no, why he is though, because he tried to kill no, that girl. Like he's not selfish, but he has like he's got a, a different patriotic yeah, but, <laughs> but if you think of if you think overall over all the seasons, none of his none of his actions have truly been self serving. They have all been to protect the republic, they really have, and they've all. I mean, there's, and they've also always gotten someone mom. fucked up or killed. Thank you. That's yeah, like, and they yeah, were all, awesome. but they were, but yeah. they were not, but they were not self-serving though. That's the difference. So you don't think they weren't? Him, they weren't specifically. Think, they were specifically for Cyrus himself. So you don't think that's that what this? Is. Well, damn it! Can I talk? <laughs> I know what self-serving means. <laughs> well, well, here's here's. Here's the problem. For some reason, we're on two different frequencies because when I'm talking, you're talking, and when I when you talk, I'm talking, and it's oh, weird. So, so I don't know how to fix. I don't know how to fix okay. that. Sorry. Yeah, there's a delay. <laughs> the delay. So when it comes to, I'm not. I'm not going there. All right. So Lizzie Bear, Lizzie Bear seriously needs to do some squats. I don't know <laughs> who is putting. Oh my god. She's high. And this isn't the first time. It looked like two baby fists, just small baby fists, just sitting at the bottom part of the long Matter of fact, stick to pencil skirt. Like she has no, she has no shape. I mean, we can all say that, but like, just stick to simple pencil skirts. (laughs) Anything that will give more of an illusion of a figure than what she has. Quit it with the pants. No pants. 
But here's the, here's the thing. I mean, not I'm not trying to body shame or anything, but I'm I'm beginning to wonder if she has some sort of eating disorder because I've seen her in previous shows where she she had a you know she had a shape and she filled out a skirt. Yeah. I don't recall ever seeing her in pants until Thursday night, but I'm just saying I think she needs she to stop dieting. Yeah. She needs to she needs to stop dieting, but she was always wearing jackets though. Yeah. This time she wasn't wearing a jacket. You no, know, I've seen her not. with them scene with that same but long booty right. baby yeah. fist butt in another episode. But, and I was like, yeah. Oh, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. They need yeah. no, but, no but, high waisted pants. But see, I'm not even they need what they need to do is like but pencil I'm not pants even also, talking. like ankle pants would be if she had like an like an ankle pant and then like a high heel, it would give the illusion of yeah, just no long pants. Booty yeah, like no, they keep doing this um, Catherine Hepburn yeah, thing with her right. with the pants. Yeah. That's, they're like aesthetic for her when she wears pants, like this nineteen forties. They need to do like um, Heather Locklear. Look, I just think it was a bad angle from the back. She looks fine with it yeah. in the front. I remember when I think it was yeah, I think it was five twelve, and she was on the golf course with. Um, Senator Gibson, and she was trying to get him not to, you know, investigate fits or whatever. And she looked banging yeah. in the blouse with the pussy bow and the yeah. 1940s like pants. It was gorgeous. It's just that the back shots, yeah, mm, not. All right. So, in in reference to Lizzie Bear, um, I do believe that she will crawl over her mother's still warm bones <laughs> to get an opportunity. This woman is so opportunistic. She, she crawled, crawled across the, the damn grass. She hates Cyrus and Cyrus hates her. And just the fact that you would, you know, he had to be desperate to right. be able to, he can't stand Elizabeth North. Right. Okay. So. Cause you know, I was trying to figure out when I first saw the dirt patch on her shirt, I was like, which has she did she kill somebody? Because I thought it was dry blood at first. But when she <laughs> when she crawled right. Bye. Like, video, the video mm -hmm. of Cyrus and um and uh Frankie that oh. Jennifer took, and then Snake, yeah, Liz in the grass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so Olivia and Cyrus speaking outside of the VP debates. He wanted to try to normalize where they are, and she played along at first. But then she insulted him, and he probed deeper. Olivia stays showing her hand to her enemy. Y'all don't think so? Like, she stays giving her enemy the opportunity to change course or switch it up. She talks too much. Like, yeah. shit, if you feel like Cyrus is doing something that he ain't got no call doing, why are you telling him? Be quiet. Right. Just do your investigation. But here's the thing, she do Olivia, that? and we always talk about the characters that are in competition in reference to Millie, Melly and Olivia. That was always like the reference. But Cyrus and Olivia have always been two characters yeah. that have been in competition because they've always been after the same thing. So, yeah, but they were at least friends where Olivia and right. were not. Exactly. So now yeah. it's like, but there's nothing there like there like after that scene i was like there's nothing left like at first she was like let's get together and have and then after that scene i was like that's never happening like legit like they cut the cord um but yeah they they're two characters after the same thing so they're always gonna be like shading each other and knocking each other down and i agree with you jaha i think she shows her hand too much she needs to kind of play it closer to the vest and just 
stop saying things. I don't know why she always feels the need to like engage back. She should have just let Cyrus be Cyrus, as they say. Mason? Oh, go ahead, Katrina. Yes. I was just in a note how, and some friends and I have talked about this, how it was really sad when that scene between her and Cyrus, how she completely doubted him. It just showed what how they're in such different places. Mm-hmm. And then in a way, how Cyrus is growing and evolving and Olivia is regressing in a lot of way to less of a person um, for me. Um, where her work is kind of all she has and their relationship has really been on the rocks for a couple of seasons now and it's completely like diminished there's just nothing there so that when she says oh when this is all over we should you know have a, a, a you know share a bottle of Dubole it just felt so like strange because it's like they haven't shared a bottle of Dubole or a drink in such a long time in a genuine way because they're just not working together um anymore and I think being in the White House in the first half of the season and Cyrus really seeing that you're taking my place just kind of obliterated that relationship. But the other thing that was really sad to me, and this also relates to 521, where Cyrus says, I miss you. And Olivia doesn't say anything back. And she did the same thing to Fitz when he said, I miss you. Like in in the terms of, I miss talking to you. I miss my friend. And both Cyrus and Fitz did that. And she had nothing back to say. She's nobody's friend right now. Like, she doesn't Ooh, have wow. mm. Remember what yeah. Marcus said to her? She's like, come on, Marcus, I'm your friend. He said, no, you're Olivia Pope. No, she has Pope. no right. friends. All she has is a drinking buddy in Melly to commiserate. But she's almost always in campaign mode, even when they are trying to have a talk. Mm-hmm. Olivia is never not in campaign mode with Melly. That's her client. They, she pays her. I'll be impressed if they're actually friends after she stops giving her checks. Yeah. She has no friends. Okay, so we are about to go into the after dark with, <laughs> with the finality. Um, I did want to uh, get your final thoughts on the show, on the episode, and we'll continue our Q&A, our conversation in the after dark. So I'm going to start with you, Langston, because you have the disadvantage. What? What's the question again? Final thoughts. <laughs> Final thoughts. Final thought. Final thoughts. Yes. Um, culpability and guilt. Mm. Although synonymous, not the same thing. That's all I have to say. <laughs> don't be di- don't be I taking a dig at me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I see why, you shade that's tree. Why call, that's why they call me. That's yes. why they call. That's why they call me Shade Tree, and that's Petty and Palm over there. <laughs> Petty Palm and, and Shade Tree. I will say. I, okay, I will say. I will say this: that talk about shade and the master of shade actually talking about shades on the episode. Ooh. I was calling. Like, he, he said, "Shade? What shades? I don't have shades." I have Venetian, I have handmade Venetian blinds. Venetian blinds. I said, stop it, Cyrus. I said, stop it. Not just any, not just any Venetian blinds, but handmade Venetian blinds. He was like, you are not gonna put me, he's not, you are not gonna put me in the category of the common folk. Ooh. Shades? What? Aldea, <laughs> Aldea, what do you have for your final uh, thoughts? Final thoughts. Ooh, there was there were so many. I will say this. Cyrus finally 
being in jail, I felt was was appropriate for his character. So I have no shame about that. I don't care what happens to him while he's in there. He deserves it. Um, them Tom being in control was a good was a good thing. And I will say this: I think the thing I got from this episode, one of the things is everyone already thinks Olivia is running the White House. So the question I have is: Does she already have the power? But that's a whole nother, because Abby brought it up and Cyrus keeps bringing it up about, uh, they both brought it up to Fitz about how he was only doing it because of Olivia. So that was a that was something that I thought was was an interesting question that was raised by someone. Um, that's it. My final thoughts are run counter to most of you. I actually have some sympathy for Cyrus, even though I know that he is reaping what he's kind of sowed in the past, but it is very much tied to the fact that I just think Olivia is wrong and she knows she's wrong, but she's trying to be right. And um, uh, Melly can't be president because fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> that was an emotional I would not be surprised. I said when it's all said and done, Melly's going to be the one on top. I so no, she's not going to be. I will say, I will say, I will say one thing that both Cyrus and Olivia are wrong about one another. He thinks that she's the one who's setting him up, yeah. and she thinks that he's the one that did it. And yeah. they're both wrong. And eventually, yeah, they're going to have to, they're going to have to team up to fix it. Yep. I completely agree. My, mm. my final thoughts have to do mostly with Abby. And I will say this. I honestly don't understand what's going on with her. We'll talk more about it in the after dark. But that is my final thought with her. Because out of all the characters, like y'all said, Cyrus was her mentor. Mm -hmm. um, you had Quinn, who she rescued from something that they did to her. You had Harrison, mm -hmm. who was rescued. Everybody was rescued, even Abby. Mm -hmm. But Abby was her friend all of them because even with Harrison he was more of a more of a, a do what she says kind of person but Abby always questioned Olivia not in a in an undermining way but in a way that made her question herself and her choices mm -hmm. and now mm -hmm. I just think that she's being a bitch ass hater and that's just being <laughs> honest <with you>. so <laughs> I am because she's really uh, we'll talk about it in the after dark so we're going over into the after dark you all that is dramaqueenbooks.com backslash support um so we hope to see you all over there and i think there was a question asked in here and if you are in the after dark we will answer that question in the after dark i think that was eliza all right so thank y'all for joining us zoom? no we're not going to zoom we're going to the same place and if we have the issue then we'll we'll go to zoom but <laughs> all right y'all we'll see y'all later okay. bye guys bye, bye Mm. Ah, you guys still there? Eldia. Yeah. Eldia. What? Could you tell her to send me the link? Could you tell her to send me the link for After Dark? Yeah. Because I don't have I don't that. have it either. Yeah, I'm doing it right All now. Right. All right. Thanks. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks.